Let's Talk Native is produced at the Eltian Studios on the Cataraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. You know, I've talked about decolonization, and I've always tried to point out that decolonization is is not simply carving out you know comfortable spaces within the systems of colonialism it is it's about pushing back and unraveling ourselves from the colonial authority and from the systems that we've either adopted or were imposed upon us and i want to take that to another level today look we we are oftentimes in in a state of conflict. Almost, well, actually, we're almost always in a state of conflict at some level or another with uh, with the state here in Seneca Territory or as Haudenosaunee. We're we're almost always in conflict with New York State, but we're also in a state of conflict with uh, with the federal government as well. And what we have a tendency to do is push back. We, we offer our resistance. We try to assert our, you know, our will over a, a given subject, and I'll get specific in a minute. And then when we get the state or the federal government to back off, we back off. But we never finish the fight. So that's what I want to talk about here, because carving out a space is not the same thing as standing our ground. And if the only reason we're standing our ground is to carve out a little space that might be tenuous, then that space may be very short lived. And look, we've done it with, you know, over, you know, gaming, we've done it over, uh, over tobacco, we've done it with fuel. Uh, and we end up actually being pigeonholed to a certain extent. And, and hear me out on this one. <laughs> the reason I say we're pigeonholed into things like, gas and cigarettes and gaming is because those are the industries that have enough profit margin in them that we can afford to fight the state over. I mean, literally, if you have to make enough money in, a, in, the, in the business that you've chosen to be involved in to offset millions of dollars worth of legal battles with the state or the federal government, then you better have a pretty profitable, you know, a pretty profitable business. I mean, in fact, that's, you know, it could be comparable to, to many of the illicit or, or black market businesses, drug trade or whatever else. Yeah, you're going to lose a few, but you make enough money that you, can, that you can justify keep doing it. Well, we're not doing anything that we think is illegal or that we believe is illegal. And in fact, we believe <laughs> that the state would have a hard time making a compelling argument that any of the activities that we're doing in our territory are unlawful as it relates to their, to their laws. Why? Simply <laughs> because we should be asserting the argument that their criminal jurisdiction over things like commerce 
don't apply in our territories. So when the state says, well, you're violate you're 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 violating state law, our our argument should be is look, we are not complying with state law, but our argument is should be, but your state law doesn't apply. We're we're we are on Seneca territory, we're in Mohawk territory, we're in Onondaga territory, or whatever. We should be making the argument to defend our sovereignty, not just to defend the right to sell cigarettes. And, and sovereignty isn't the defense. Sovereignty is what we defend. And, and I know these all sound like nice little catchphrases, but I want, I think it's important to understand there's, there's a difference. We, we treat our sovereignty as some, almost like a loophole <laughs> that we can somehow get away with something that the state is doing. Or, or, the, or the state can't impose its will on us over. And as long as we treat it that way, the state will be trying to close it. We, we hear lip service paid to us from, you know, whether it's a, you know, a state politician or whether it's, you know, the president of the United States. I mean, we, we heard Obama say, say something along the effects that um, he supports the aspirations of the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Well, what the hell does that mean? Why, why couldn't that have been a shorter sentence? Why couldn't he just say, we, um, we endorse the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples? Well, there's a reason, because that's not what he said. When he says that we, he supports the aspirations, or en endorses the aspirations, that means we can treat this thing like, like the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples is a wish list. And so we support the wish list. It, he's not treating it as an action item. He, he isn't looking at our rights as something that are definitive or that the international community has agreed upon. He's saying, yeah, it'd be nice if you had those rights. As long as those rights don't interfere with, with U.S. law. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the problem. The problem we have is that the United States, Canada, and, and several countries, many countries, especially those who have indigenous populations, are still trying to, for all intents and purposes, commit genocide against it. They're trying to make us conform. They are trying to impose assimilation policies on us. And look, it, it always seems easy to argue against assimilation when it seems cultural. Oh, yeah, you, you can't prohibit us from doing ceremonies or you, can't, you can no longer stop us from speaking our language. So that's an easier argument. But when we say, yeah, but we have the right to, you know, to produce an economy on our territories that doesn't necessarily that you don't have authority over. And even if that economy relies on some of your people coming onto our territory to purchase goods, that's still a right that we have. But here's, here's the problem. As much lip service as we get paid over things like the supporting our right to self-governance, the United States and the states are very clear in trying to limit that. And in fact, I, I would go so far as to say New York State does not recognize any semblance of, of native sovereignty. They do not recognize as a distinct, as a, us as a distinct people or our territories as a, as a distinct territory. Look, their police run through our territories. They, uh, their claim is that we don't have the right or they, that they have the right to tax every activity on our territories. The only thing they acknowledge is that they can't assert property tax on our, uh, on our lands. <laughs> but, but you know what? 
as they're carving up New York State for congressional districts and uh, you know assembly districts and that kind of stuff, they're still putting our territories in, in those in, on those maps. We still have to spend twenty or thirty minutes to talk to to a legis a state legislator or or a congressperson to say, no, I'm not really in your district. And then what do you mean you're not in my district? Well, I live on the Cattaraugus Territory of the Second Nation. So, oh yeah, which side of the river? It doesn't matter either side of the river. None of Cattaraugus Territory is is a part. Of, oh yeah, it is. I got it on my map. No, it isn't. I mean, so this is. I mean, this is how poor poorly we have represented who we are. So when we get a little bit of space, so when, the, when the, the state government says or stops trying to shut our businesses down um, by c coming onto our territory, shut them down, we act as if, oh, the state's recognizing our rights. No, they aren't. They aren't. And you know how I know? Because they say it. And, and I've, I've heard state folks from the, the New York State Department of Taxation and Finance flat out say that they still believe they have the right to tax the sales of any product that we sell on our territory if it's to a non-native. In fact, I'll go farther than that. <laughs> they actually believe if you're on Seneca territory, only Senecas can purchase something that is sold on Seneca territory without New York State stamp on it or New York State tax on it. I'm sorry. So myself, I'm Mohawk and I live here. As far as the state's concerned, I don't have the right. And in fact, as they were trying to, to develop a quota system to ensure that even as they were trying to crack down on New York State wholesalers selling uh, tobacco products to, to native territories, that, that quota system was based on enrollment. And, and, and so they said, well, look, if you're Seneca, you are not required to pay New York State tax on the, on the products that you consume. But they they totally ignored the fact that there's there are many people who are not Seneca who live on Seneca territory. In fact, there are white people who live on Seneca territory. There are non-native people who come onto our territory and only consume the products. And I'm talking about casinos and bingo halls and that kind of stuff. And New York State insists they still have the, the right to tax those sales and that activity. And of course, we say no, you don't, but we never finish the fight. So I think it's really important that we um, do more than push back on the state for space. We have to be more definitive in in calling out the state um, where their limit, the limit to their authority is, and not on their own people, unless uh, except for when their people are on our territory. We have to say to the state, look. You can't enforce your laws on our territory. And I know this gets tough because we get into a big debate over things like criminal jurisdiction and that kind of stuff. And that line between, you know, regulatory violations and criminal law is something that gets sticky. But again, part of the reason that that we we have been pigeonholed into, especially from the private sector, into gas and cigarettes is because if we try to do something that was more marginal, we wouldn't have the resources to fight back against the state. And, and I'll tell you, there's something coming on the horizon here. And, you know, and I'm not, I don't have to be Nostradamus to tell you that this cannabis, hemp, marijuana issue is, is a big deal. And it's going to be a big deal when it comes to native territory. But because we still haven't even haven't finished the fight over tobacco and fuel, what, and and gaming's still tenuous too, obviously. And I've talked plenty about that in the past. 
But because we haven't even asserted, you know, and definitively asserted and established our right to sell tobacco products, native tobacco products, our products on our territory, this is this is going to make the the hemp cannabis marijuana fight even more difficult. So if we don't finish one of these fights, at least one, and assert, you know, the, the precedence, and part of that precedence, it's it's not just about changing their law. Look, here's part of the problem. When we're fighting New York State, we have a tendency to to look for the um the, the errors in their application of their law when it comes to onto our territory. We don't flat out say, look, your law simply doesn't apply here. We don't fight the case. And, you know, look, and I've, I've been doing a lot of work on, on uh, again, the criminalization of, of tobacco. And since the time that New York State, and I think this is, goes back to, I think, 2011, <clears throat> when New York State finally was able to shut down New York State wholesalers from selling us unstamped product. We have relied primarily on almost all of the, our native territories here on native brands. And New York State did back away from that. And there's a reason that they did. And it's not be, it wasn't just because we are because we've been effective at asserting, you know, uh, our right to do native brands and native native trade. But I'll tell you why. Because the hurdle that they had to clear, and they and they cleared it back in '94 during the the Atia case, um, when Atia, when the uh, Atia brothers challenged New York State over stripping their right to sell product to us without a stamp on it. Um, the the Supreme Court went all the way to the Supreme Court, and, the, and Justice Stevens wrote the ruling, wrote the opinion, and while they ruled in favor of the state that that Atia did have to comply with state law. Among the things that they, they asserted in the, in the opinion was the same assertion that was asserted in, in two or three other cases, one called Moe, one was called Colville, and, and now in Atiyah, that the states trying to impose a minimum burden on native territories to collect taxes on product that is being sold to their people. So and, and what Stevens wrote is when... When the, what the state's trying to do is essentially tax the non-native person who comes on and buys product from us. And, and that product was, was stuff we were only buying off territory anyway. So that's the logic that, that Stevens was addressing in, uh, in supporting what New York State was trying to do. But he made it very clear. That stands on markedly different ground. That's the language you use. Than trying to tax native people directly. Or taxing an activity that we perform here. Or in other words... Attacking or taxing anything that we add value to and then resell. So, what Stevens, what Justice Stevens was saying, and again, this isn't our law. This isn't even really, you know, us pushing a sovereignty issue. This is the Supreme Court of the United States saying what New York State was trying to do by by stripping away our right to buy from New York State wholesalers without a stamp on it um, was different than trying to tax us directly. And so not only does, does this get asserted in the Supreme Court, but it also gets asserted when, when, I, when I convince George Maziarz and Tim Kennedy to write a letter to, to the New York State Department of Taxation and Finance. Say, look, we don't think that the state has the, the authority to, to tax native brands or native to native uh, um, trade. 
that gets reaffirmed again when the an interdepartment memo uh, from the taxation department says, look, we're not going to seize native brands. You know, we, we will seize premium brands, national brands, you know, uh, Marlboros, Newports. We'll seize those, but we're not going to seize native brands. So all three of those decisions or, or opinions all support this notion that while they may be able to to squeeze Marlboros and Newports out of our <laughs> off of our shelves, they were they are legally bound to respect that we have the right to do native to native commerce and, and, and produce native brands. But the state has totally um, pushed that off the side. Now they treat us, now, now they're going to pretend that we don't have any distinction. So how do they get to that place? How do they get to the place where they can pull over a truck that's got a, a truckload of native brand, branded uh, tobacco products on it, not only seize it, but then find the individual who they're claiming is responsible for that product over a million dollars. How do we get to that place? Well, it's because we never finish the fight. You know, we, we, we push back until they win. And, and then look, I'll I, I go back to one of the things that we had done here on um, native territory. It was, it was one of the things that was um, strongly endorsed and supported here in Seneca territory was what they call direct sales. Uh, mail order sales. You know, they were uh, look. They were they were sending cigarettes to to people all over the country. They were advertising online. They were advertising in newspapers. They you know any number of ways that somebody could reach out to a um, a tobacco retailer in Seneca territory uh, over the phone, over the internet, place an order, and uh, and and we'd send we'd send them product. So this internet sales, this this direct sales marketing was something that that really was a boon here and they shut it down i mean the the federal government you know uh, passed the, the the pact act during the obama administration and literally shut down thousands of uh, thousands of uh, shops uh, you know from all across native territories now today you could still order tobacco online but when you order it it's going to come from another country so they didn't they didn't stop the the the, the online tobacco they just uh, put a big crimp in it, and they certainly wiped it out from from native territories. But you see, we fought for it. We fought for it, and and but we we well, they only fight to get create space, not to to draw a line in the sand. And I'll tell you, we almost never align whatever your definition of leadership is with grassroots activists and uh, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, people who really want to do these various businesses. We never pull everybody together. Instead, we, we kind of fight each other over it. And, you know, so we end up with a, an anti-business segment in each native territory, not understanding that if you don't support the businesses in your territory, it's going to come back and, and uh, you know, work against your own self-interest. But because we never finish any of these fights, we create enough space to operate, we get comfortable, and then they start dropping the next shoe on us. And... And again, part of it is we get comfortable. We get comfortable, and and I don't mean just you know, you know, creature comforts. Comforts. I, I mean, we we like the money we make. So our decisions to fight or not fight become a financial decision. It's not based on our a philosophical view. 
We don't. Def- In fact, I would argue that many people who've been, who've sold you know gas and cigarettes or whatever else on native territories, they don't even know what the premise is. Why? Why can we do that? Why do we have the right? You know, what is that right? Most people couldn't define it. Most people who got in the business got in the business because somebody else got to do it before them. They don't know what the argument is. But they also don't know what it is that the state is violating when they come in to, uh, to interfere with our commerce. That's what we have to be clear about. We have to be clear about. And look, and I mentioned the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. It's not enough to have Obama pay lip service and say, yeah, I support the aspirations of the agreement. No, don't just say it. Show me. And he didn't show us. And now that there's a, there's a uh, you know, four, <laughs> we had four years of Trump and now you got Joe Biden in there and there's a, uh, a native interior secretary. It's not enough that Joe Biden says some flowery speeches and, 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 and sounds like he supports some, uh, some things. It's not enough that there's a native person who's, who's sitting as the secretary of the interior. We need to force their hands. We need to make all of these politicians who are impacting our lives be clear in what their, what their policies, what their goals are. You know, the, the problem we have with New York state is we couldn't get New York state. once they, they shut down New York state wholesalers, we couldn't get a straight answer out of New York State. What's your policy on native to native uh, trade? What's your policy on native brands? I got two state senators to ask the question, and they couldn't get answers. So if we can't get New York State or the federal government at whatever level to give us a straight answer, we figure, okay, that, and, or that their answer is oh, we're just operating in, in a gray area. It's only gray until they say it's not gray anymore. We don't get to determine any of that. It's because we aren't insisting. We aren't insisting on an answer. And maybe part of it is we're afraid what the answer is going to be. I'm not. You know, and of course it's easy for me. I'm not I'm not in a million dollar tobacco business. But but I think it's regardless of what their answer is. And I say the same thing about gaming on this thing. Look, if the Interior Department if they come out and, and fully endorse the, the Seneca Nation's revenue sharing agreement with the state, which I don't know how they could do that, but if they do that, then fine. At least we know we know what their position is then. Instead, we we just operate, you know, ignorant to what the, to what the federal government or the state government is doing until they try to squeeze us, until they seize a bank account, until they seize a, a, a load of tobacco or they shut down our fuel supply. Because they don't need to pass new laws to do this stuff. And they don't even need to violate a policy because they don't have a written policy. We can't get them to say it. And part of it is we're not demanding that, that policy. I mean, look, there's a thing about law that in order for a law to be just or even begin to be just, it has to be clear what the law is. It's, it's, they use a word called promulgate. You need to promulgate what that law says and what it is. And promulgate means you need to announce clearly. So when two New York state senators are asking the, the governor of the state of New York or the, or the commissioner of taxation and finance, what's the state's policy on native brands? And they refuse to answer. That should void any 
ability for them to try to enforce state law on on us. I mean, they shouldn't have that right anyway. But the fact that they're that they're they're too cowardice or their 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 strategy is to is to is for them to operate in the shadows, is for them to operate in the gray area when it comes to who they're going to <clears throat> who they're going to select to prosecute or fine or jail. See, it is really important. It is at some point that we have to f flesh this out and make the state say the very things that they're saying with their actions, which is they don't recognize our sovereignty. That they they will they know where our territory is, but as far as they're concerned, our territories are part of their legislative districts. They're part of their political system. Like I, I called this out before, but there was a, a consultant that the Seneca Nation had hired who once was working on an economic um, assessment of Seneca businesses. And he described the Seneca Nation as a government as part and parcel, <laughs> as part of the U.S. system of federalism. Like somewhere in between the federal government and state government, there was tribal government. Like we were all part of that system and we won't say no, we won't say no, it isn't. I mean, I mean, we will amongst ourselves, but we won't flat out say, look, we aren't a part of you. And even if we sell products that, to, to your residents, and it's not just New York state residents, by the way, I mean, it gets really even, even less clear. If somebody from Pennsylvania comes onto our territories, then how could New York state have the right to tax them? I mean, it, there's so much of this stuff, and and, and I always say that I always say this about um, uh, cigarette taxes. Also, is that under New York State law, every New York State resident or anybody in New York can have on their possession, in their in their person, up to two cards of cigarettes without New York uh, without a stamp on it. That and that's just a state law. That's not has nothing to do with sovereignty. Has nothing to do with and it and it, it doesn't matter if that if those cartons of cigarettes were bought at a duty-free shop or brought in from another country or however they got it, if they have it in their possession, they can have up to two cartons of cigarettes without a New York state stamp on it. And yet the New York state will insist that they have a right to, to tax our sales, even though they recognize that everybody in New York, how, whether they're passing through or whether a resident can, can own and have have in their possession up to two cartons of cigarettes without a stamp on it. It's 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 all of this this uh, contradiction that exists, and it's their contradiction. We can be very very clear, but we aren't. And see, we we need to push back not just on on Governor Cuomo, but on Joe Biden and Deborah Hallen. We should make sure, and don't just wait. We shouldn't just sit back and wait. We should make sure that. To the extent that we know the governor of the state of New York is violating us with racist and white supremacy policies, that the president of the United States and the interior secretary reel them back in. And the, and the problem is we wait. We sit back. We sit back and we're comfortable as long as most of us can operate. I mean, because look, everybody isn't, isn't nobody's having their, their smoke shops raided. 
Nobody's having products seized from their. I mean, look, even even a person who comes in and buys product, they're not they're not being searched and and having their their goods confiscated when they leave our territory. No, none of that's happening. It, it used to happen. It used to happen on a regular basis. But now they'll cherry pick. They'll go after maybe a manufacturer or maybe a distributor here and there. They don't have to do it all hands on deck. They can be very arbitrary and capricious about their application. They don't have to apply their law uh, evenly. You think they do, but they don't. So instead, they can peck away at us they, or pick us off, as they say. And we sit back and just hope that it's not us. We hope it's somebody else. Maybe we even hope it's somebody we don't like, even though it's working against our own self-interest. If any individual has their product seized by New York State and then gets fined for, you know, for that product, especially if it's, again, I, I, and I'll assert this clearly, if it's a native brand that is being distributed from one native territory to another native territory, what makes this distinct is that we we aren't selling the same products that are that are for sale in a in a gas station mini mart. What the, the native brands that we're selling on our territory are only available on native territory. We aren't selling a product that John Q. White guy can go and buy anyplace else. He can only buy it on our territories. And New York State is still pressing us on this thing. And I don't want, you know, again, this isn't just about tobacco. This is about how willing we are to pursue the fight to the end and to make it definitive. We need, a, we, we need to force the state and the federal government to be definitive about where their authority, not, not just where they believe their authority is, but, but let's, let's determine what it is. We we don't need to just assert our sovereignty. We need to establish it. And there is a difference. We need to define it clearly. And we, we should do everything in our power to make the states conform to our borders, our restrictions of them on our territory. And hey, look, this... There, there are some businesses, and the tobacco is one of them, that when we got involved in this, there are, there are plenty of people who said, we don't know how long we'll be able to do this before they find a way to shut us down. But we'll do it as, as long as we can. And that attitude has been pervasive in almost all of our businesses. We've said, we'll do, it, we'll, we'll do this business as long as we can. We're not going to fight it all the way. We'll, we'll, we'll push back and we'll, we'll find the spaces to operate. But we need to do more than that. Sovereignty isn't our defense. It's what we defend. I want to thank you for listening. I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.